Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. You let a second rate you. You let us educate you. Our podcast penetrates you. Gross. We will uncomplicate news. Daily, we joke about the zeitgeist. <laughs> Help me, a too much Taco Bell. Really, the only thing that works for me is recording pause with checking myself. This shit's as fucked up as an enema. <laughs> so many turds are in the site, guys. <laughs> okay, I don't know. <laughs> that is so uh, uh, evocative. Shout out to Crispy Meme D, Christy Yamaguchi May for bringing it was- back. To our boy Trent. That was fire. Trent Rezzy. Fire, fire. <laughs> uh, what is something you think is overrated? Overrated? Uh, I was going to say fans at games. During that Clippers-Lakers yeah. <laughs> game, I didn't notice once. that Like, like the tip-off happened, and I was like, oh, I'll never think about whether or not they're fans again. And they aren't cutting to the stands. I don't care when they cut to the stands. I don't care that there are like, people enjoying it. I'm, yeah. Fine. Let, just let me watch the basketball part. I'm in my house. I don't care. Right. It's There's interesting a- because it seems like the being there, it's really noticeable. Like for the players and the mm-hmm. people who are doing the game at the game, they're like, this feels so weird. It feels like you're at basketball camp or like, you know, just in a gym. But watching it, yeah, you can't really tell. They have the the fan noise piped in a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, that's that was also kind of it's kind of incongruous with baseball is the fan noise. But I also two innings in, I did. I stopped noticing that there's no one in the stadium. Right. Yeah. It's just, again, like we were saying, I think on the last episode about how like so many professional sports that are being played now, they just have the vibe of like community college sporting events because there's right. no, there's no yeah. audience. You yeah, just yeah, hear yeah. coaches scream, sneakers squeaking. Yeah. I do like though, that it seems like the audio feed they'd have to dump just so they weren't violating <laughs> any like sort of uh, FCC like profanity laws because there are times like a ball would go out of bounds and you hear someone go like, Oh, cool. and then the sound was just dumb <laughs> yeah, for like yeah, five yeah. seconds and then come back up and you're like, oh, what were they saying? Cause yeah, you know, not many people shit. know that in the bubble they have voice actors who come in and do, they're like, <laughs> oh, shampoo me. <laughs> <laughs> just come in for, uh, for those uh, curses. Come on, um, ref. You're meeting a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the NBA end of last week. A lot of, a lot of fun. It was good to, good to have it back. I feel like the players, you know, they're, they're professionals. They're not losing anything. Like maybe, maybe uh, lackluster teams who, you know, have let's say a historically big difference between. How they play at home versus how they play on the road will not be quite as good in this atmosphere. 
uh, Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm, I'm worried. Uh, they, as we record this, I haven't seen the result of the Sixers game over the weekend, but that was something that I was thinking of. Uh, 538 actually raised the Sixers' uh, chances of winning the title the most when uh, the the quarantine happened. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, if they played the worst on the road when nobody's cheering for them, like they, for people who don't know, the Sixers were like ten and twenty-two on the road, and then like almost undefeated at home. Right. Um. I'm just wondering, like, how that's gonna break out. Like, what? It's, what? it's the most on the road you could possibly be. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, <you> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a, on the road extrapolated a hundred times. Right. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how that works out for them. JJ Redick looking good though. Uh, all the all the beer shot gunning. <laughs> Do you think they're going to be any players who like they're they're completely fine their zone because there are no fans? I mean, it would like JJ. You know what Redick I mean? Where it's like, what is surprisingly, happening? Surprisingly, you know, JJ Reddick's just like a, a shooting specialist, but he had yeah. a couple moves that like blew up on Twitter. People were like, "What yeah. was that?" Like he like <laughs> faked one way, threw a no look past the other, like Magic Johnson. People were like, "What? How did?" Well, I wonder if like going to Duke for so long, you get so used to verbal abuse that the oh, yeah. second it's not <laughs> yeah. there, it's like <laughs> you can like now use another part of your brain to play. You're like, uh, I was using about twenty percent to just yeah. block out people to focus. Him and Shane Battier were like officially the most hated basketball players in the world for entire decades. So I'm sure Christian Leitner, it didn't work out so well for, but uh, those guys. Do you think any like past choke artists are like watching this? Like I could have done this. This would have been like like Nick (laughs) Anderson is like turning over a table. Like he's so mad he doesn't get to just go in there. Yeah. Anyways, it'll be interesting, and uh, I will continue to watch all the clever ways uh, they find uh, shotgun beers um, <laughs> in the in the bubble. So, what you're about to hear the the audio quality <laughs> uh, the audio quality is not great. Coming from uh, our good friend Chris Crofton, it's a full on Chris Crofton episode. Uh, Chris is a total wild card, and that extends to his audio uh, in this episode. Yeah. So just brace your ears because we figured rather than have everyone tweet us to make sure we know what we're hearing, yes, we do. We know. Uh, but that's the cold brew chaos that Mr. Crofton brings. Uh, he is speaking into a microphone the whole time. Uh, we are forced to assume <laughs> so wild. that the microphone was plugged into his belly button or uh, just a, a house plant nearby or something uh, because yeah. it didn't, did not uh, come through. Um, but anyways, Either fun way, episode, yeah, as always, yeah. with Chris. What is a, what's a myth, Chris? What's something people think is true you know to a be myth. false? Oh, yeah, I don't know if they're... I, I, vouch for all of that yep well, I, how i met no, my wife is that album content i don't i don't know the billy joel discography enough is is glass houses seen as just a shit album no it's not it's just uh, but it's not as it's not considered one of the most powerful elixirs on the 
the earth. Right, right. right. <laughs> I, I love don't, which, the most powerful elixirs on the Which earth. it is. Thank uh, you. Don't ask me why is one of my favorite Billy Joel songs. I, I was oh, wow. more of a greatest hits fan growing okay. up, but uh, well, you're a little it, younger, yeah. Glass houses, yeah. Well, glass houses came out in 1980, so I was like in sixth, fifth grade, probably. So I mean, it's not like I'm not, I wasn't like in the arena with a lighter, right. but right, uh, right. but I did. But that record had, um, you may be right. I may, I may be crazy, be crazy but it but just may just be a lunatic you're oh looking for. I mean, like, just like it's all toxic masculinity, but everything before, you know, like 2000, actually, whatever, it's all to- toxic stuff if you really <laughs> examine it. But, um, but uh, you know, all it's all just like, if you want a man, it's a little unpredictable. You're describing a really unstable relationship. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's all that, it's all that shit. It was just like, if you look at it now, it's just like the same. It's like, God, women must have been so annoyed through every period of time until, well, pretty much now, too. uh, Yeah, like, it's amazing. So men shut the fuck up. Yeah, they just had to listen to men be like, I'm horny and a little bit drunk. It's also a great example of, uh, (laughs) like, just sums up Billy Joel in the sense that it's full of really, like, great songs. Uh, but it also like the the album cover sum, sums up like what's not cool about Billy Joel because it it is uh, it's called Glass Houses and the cover is a shot from behind of him holding a rock getting ready to throw it into a glass house. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. And, and I his just, like, throwing so form is off though. His I throwing form a, bad. Oh yeah, he's a he's a yeah he's a kind of a little misshapen kind of a man. Uh, yeah. But he uh, he. Uh, that's his house. I, I, I like looked into the liner notes. Like I don't know if they had a big <laughs> glass wall, but he's like, he's like, I realized when I was writing the record, it. I lived in a glass house. Oh my god! <laughs> Chuck Klosterman's uh, at that point, like you're like the journalist, you're like, dude, shut the fuck up, dude. right? No, Thank you. Oh, that's Whoa, like, wow. Oh, and you know he told that. So you know, yeah, yeah like it, it, at a cocktail party or whatever. Like, you and you won't something. believe this Some as I'm writing like, it. Don't say it. He's gonna say it. Don't say it. He's gonna say it. <laughs> Christy Brinkley. <laughs> I actually, yeah. uh, turns out the title of my record. Oh no. He's going to say the oh, same fuck. thing he said in Rolling Stone. Yeah. He, um, sold 7.1 million copies in the U S alone. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I, there's a great, uh, Chuck Klosterman essay about, uh, Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen, like comparing the two of them and how, you know, Billy Joel is, you know, sold about the same amount of records at their peak, uh, songs. Like if you, Look at them song for song. They both have like comparably really good like uh, songs that stand the test of time. But like Billy Joel's just like not cool, <laughs> so he just yeah. like doesn't get the respect that uh, that Bruce Springsteen he, does. He doesn't have like that folklore hero like vibe to him. Right, exactly. Billy Joel yeah. on on this album cover is wearing boot cut jeans. I feel like you'd never see Bruce Springsteen in boot cut jeans. Uh, he, well, he I think just, Billy Joel had a little bit of problem with dre- getting dressed because he he is like a he's kind of shaped weird. He's very small. Yeah, um, I think he just had trouble. Probably his, his stylist probably didn't know what to do with him. So 
they kind of yeah. like was all they were always kind of like try try these boot he's cut like do jeans i always on? have he's to like, wear boot cut jeans yeah the stylist like, always was, i don't know otherwise like, they'll see the stilts just yeah, cuff them just like, cuff them he was like does this look good and the stylist was like yeah good enough yeah. i guess look you're not you're not you're not you're not springsteen man i wouldn't think about it too much <laughs> but i uh, love billy joel for real he's a great songwriter I and i recommend i recommend that record and i recommend especially all for lena that song all for lena go on a hike and put on all for lena and uh and uh, just do, do your best. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and do, okay. your best. do your best. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Listen, that's how uh, I grew up. I was the kid in the house that had to like make it so my parents didn't get divorced. So for me, this is a very hard time. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm telling everybody how I'm not kidding. I was the kid in the house that my parents were like, we're going to get divorced unless you do a joke. Oh my god! Oh, wow. It was like that kind of thing, and then I would like do a joke or whatever, and they'd be like, "You saved our marriage." So for me, this time is just like I'm always like, "There's a way to look at it where it's gonna be okay, mom." <laughs> and I'm sure that hey. hasn't tinged your engagement with comedy as a career in any way negatively. No, probably not. I don't think so. Great. <laughs> <laughs> what is a what's a myth? What's something people think is true, or something uh, vice versa? Okay, this might be controversial, but uh, but I think a myth is the fact that diversity or representation are the ways to solve racial problems necessarily. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know? and I think main evidence of that is that uh, Jeffrey Epstein's island did not allow black girls. <laughs> <laughs> what, what for real? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Put out a I, I mean, I story. noticed I noticed a mo- uh, an aesthetic in a lot of the photos mm-hmm. that I saw, but wow, there that is, is a motif. Yeah. 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 My wife yeah. is Korean. She just watched the filthy uh, rich documentary. She was like, "He really uh, had a type." I was kind of yeah. glad that it wasn't uh, Korean girls. Yeah, and it's like, would diversity have made this whole situation better? I don't right. think so. Right, right. You know, <laughs> right. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. That, but I think the also the reason why a lot of people think just inclusion or representation is like the answer is because you don't have to upend the systemic, you know. Yeah. The, Absolutely, the, the structures that maintain these these uh, forms of oppression and racism. Absolutely. Like, okay, well, I'm not going to sort of look into my pay scales and things like that and the numbers of people I employ. But how about this? I will greenlight three shows with black people, right? Or how I, I, I will hire one black PA, right? Exactly. Who works in a different room from the one black writer, so they never actually meet each other. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That's always funny when you like you're on a set and you see the other black person. And oh yeah! Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on, hold on, hold on! Stop, stop, stop! Stop, stop the go kart! Stop the go kart! Yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah. Oli, how you Did doing, you, man? You like, cut, cut, yeah. cut! Yeah, I'm like, how you doing? He's like, like, are you the director? It's like, no, I'm, I'm Lavar Burton's nephew, and I'm like, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I'm just here visiting. Yeah, I'm like, okay, cool. How are you liking it? He's like, mm, not for me. I'm like, fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, our- I just feel like I've watched enough anime that have like one black character where I'm just like, he didn't need to be there. I would have enjoyed it more without him. And also, Japanese culture has a very, you know, fucked up relationship with fetishizing blackness, too. So uh, it does. It's not a you're not going to get the the most even handed representations on those (laughs) things, man. Yeah. 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 I've done videos on it, but you know what? I don't think they're working. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's hard. It's, you know, island nation mentality and people just have this. Being like, well, it's not violent racism. It's just, yeah, it's just really, it's just violent othering of people. Yeah, uh, absolutely. and being absolutely dismissive. I mean, it, this happens with foreigners in, in general, especially if you have something to say on societal issues in Japanese culture. 
where if you have a platform and you say something, the immediate thing is like, well, they're not Japanese. And, you know, yeah. thank you for, even though this person was raised here and speaks mm-hmm. the language and works here and knows the, they're like, but, you know, but, you know, this steps, every, everywhere steps. you go, we got to make steps. Yeah. 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 Small strides. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. I wanted to talk a little bit about the anti-mask movement. It just seems like there's like some ways in which it's creeping into the mainstream a little bit. I noticed some sort of, you know, moms and dads of children in like classes my kids have been in spreading like things that were. Oh, no. Yeah. Masker, anti-masker light type shit. And there was a big protest in Germany, which I had kind of uh, credited with being good about this sort of thing, where they were like, you can't tell tell us to wear masks, basically. So I just wanted to like kind of take a step back because it does seem like, I don't know, the, like this is the direction this whole thing is headed. Like that that just doesn't seem to be going away, no matter how many scientific papers and, you know, panels of scientists come out and say, no, masks are important. Like for some reason, they just don't seem capable of uh, letting that go. What's like the take that you're hearing from people? You're like, damn, y'all are on this shit too? Because usually, you know, the real heavy shit is like the over-the-top Satan trying to mask right. you know, that stuff. But then... You see the sort of concern trolley um, yeah. angles about it of like carbon dioxide poisoning. Exactly. Or whatever. So the the one I'm seeing from uh, parents is unmask our kids. Let's talk mom to mom. Uh, that was like a graphic that I saw people passing around, and then from Charles inhaling Coke. micro mold caused by trapped water vapor for exhalation can be harmful. Inhaling the slow buildup of CO2. Causes impaired cognition, suffocation for babies and toddlers who cannot communicate. These are all, you know, debunked. Uh, right. They're saying our community is seeing evidence of all of these issues in children. That's not true. Okay, where's um, that evidence? Yeah, exactly. It's well, on YouTube. Not- it's on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... It's frightening is what it is. It is. It, like, we're just... I think we're just seeing this everywhere now that social media is a thing. Like, we're not designed to be an evidence-based species. We're designed to be a narrative-based one. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this... Uh, on Chapo, actually, uh, Adam McKay was talking about the book Species and how the thing that separated uh, Homo sapiens from Neanderthals, like, we were basically, like, the two competing forms of, like, what approximated humans. And the thing that... Uh, homo sapiens kept losing battles but then they would come back with more and more people and eventually like overwhelm the neanderthals and the idea is basically that they were able to get people to believe in these narratives and like get on board with whatever the war cause was um and that is like our defining feature is like our gullibility essentially and our ability to like believe in a narrative to get charged up by a narrative so it's not 
anything to do with the truth. It's just that we believe in stories. That's like our defining feature as a species. I feel like um, you just explained my most recent breakup. I just really believed <laughs> in stories. It was really <laughs> just, what a dumb bitch. Thanks for that read, Jack. It really, really hit me hard on that one. Yikes. Okay, sorry. Why did I believe that was his Ferrari? <laughs> it had an Avis sticker on the window. <laughs> he, he said she was just a friend. Um, right. Helping him through his last breakup. Oh, my God. Jesus. That's why they're so close. It's, it's just, I mean, it's just it, yeah. funny because you're right. I agree. I fully agree with you. That is totally right. It's scary as fuck how much we just we take people yeah. for face value. I mean, it's hard for me, too, because I was just talking to a friend because I'm like too honest. I'm too truthful to the point that people don't believe me when I tell the truth. And I I've, have I've found that very fascinating because most people don't just lie, but they believe their lies or, you know, they 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 just spread so much nonsense that when you are telling the truth or you're providing facts or, you know, you're showing shit with science, people are like, I don't know. I just, uh, it doesn't feel like it makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't even know how to fucking deal with this shit because I I have a family member who's anti-mask and it's like, she really, she talks in circles. And it's exhausting. It's It's exhausting. It's the troll thing. It's just, you can't. And these people have children. Yes. Yeah, that's. I think the other thing, though, too, it's like this level of exhaustion people get because, like, on one level, we're willing to say, like, yeah, this is a, this is something biology and science is going to take the lead on in figuring right. out because we are flesh and blood humans, and that's just the arena we're in. The science yeah. is going to have to solve this. It's not about like, oh, well, if I fucking cock my fist back far enough in a Rite Aid. Oh my God, I was just aroused. You guys should have seen what I seen. He put his fist <laughs> up to the oh, camera. Wow. You. So like there's this other thing where it's just so much tidier an explanation to just yeah. say, the cure is already out there and they're just keeping us from that with all these masks and shit because right. X, Y, and Z. And it's so much easier than to say, I'm completely out of control right. in this instance. I have zero fucking control over this. Yeah. What I do have control over is my outlook on things and these other so the things you do have control over it's like yeah fuck it i'm gonna get charged up off this if i put a mask on i will poison myself even though there have been countless doctors medical experts uh respiratory specialists who have been like i'm gonna hook myself up to a blood oxygen reading like machine with a mask on and i'm gonna walk for a long time so you can see what my like my oxygen levels are and they will never go in anything out below 98% mm-hmm. ever. This is not going to happen. And you will see me do this because I'm trying to show y'all because you believe this other thing. And again, that doesn't work because these people are like, I'm tired of being at home. I'm tired of not like working. I'm tired of being broke. There's all kinds of stressors building on people that yeah. they aren't able to articulate, I think, also. So it's so much easier to be like, fuck the government yeah. and these masks when it should be like, my employer won't give me health insurance and I have like other kids that I'm worried about getting an education. But it's easy it's, to put all that shit into the this other tidy thing of the master fucking us up, blah, blah, blah. And it's and I, I get it on one level, but it's it's dark and it's dangerous because there's yeah, a lot of real energy out there. It's also because I think that the I think that's the extreme of people that are so frustrated that they're angry and that they believe this bullshit. I think there's the other group of people that they don't know how to just and this is common for a lot of people. They don't know how to say, I don't know. I don't know what's true. I don't know what's happening as opposed to 
you know, holding on to these extremes. I mean, that's what's fucked up. I mean, that's that's big part of the problem with a lot of issues is that people don't know how to admit that they don't know. Yeah. And it's okay yeah. not to know. I think this has been like our most common underrated that guests have come on to say is that or just basically make normalizing saying you don't know. Yeah, it's true. Right. That's okay. Yeah. And I think there's... We don't want to be one part of a system. That's yeah. as Americans in particular, we don't want to be uh, like we're we're just. I think too much of our uh, self evaluation, our self value, it comes from the idea that we're um, somehow special because that's mm-hmm. what like American identity is based around. And mm-hmm. so, you know what? Like these ideas are. It's not like some genius is some somewhere picking the perfect idea to appeal to mothers and realizing like that telling them that their motherly intuition knows what's best for their kids instead of scientists like and that these are all things that they secretly suspected and hoped were true like mm-hmm. they it's just that there's a million ideas being put out and the one that is most successful at like clinging on to those desires of mothers is the one that gets spread virally. Like literally it's like a thought virus that is being spread. The most effective one is going to eventually like take over. And that's kind of what, like the social media, like I, the more I think about this, the more I'm like, we, as long as we have social media and nobody who's responsible uh, acting as a gatekeeper on like what gets spread, it's just going to be, ideas that people wish were true rather than the truth like, yeah because twitter's starting to look like the first grade schoolyard and there's, yeah. a third, oh, yeah. and there's a third grader telling them some bullshit they all believe oh yeah you know what i mean and that's and it ends there it's like yeah great i mean what mark said you know what i mean like if you uh you know if, if you look at this thing too long like you'll go blind da, 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 da. like don't touch your penis or you'll go like it's like all this weird <laughs> it's just like pseudoscience shit that like you you know like because that's what it feels like when you're a kid like the lame shit you believe is the gospel right, truth right. because someone's slightly Santa, older Santa than Claus. you yeah whatever the fuck it is god truth so, fairy <laughs> the truth fairy so I think now, like with social media, it's sort of the same environment where you have a, a receptive audience. Somebody just sprinkles that in and there's no one there to be like, yo, someone needs, uh, it's just a lot of energy now. Like, how do you get somebody to look at something differently when they're already so receptive to anything because we're fa- like people have just been failed to, or people have failed to understand what's going on. I'm, a, I'm, also, for this yeah, I'm also shocked that like people, it's, it, you a you go to a doctor's office if you get surgery they're in masks if you if you travel people more masks in other places i mean one of the weirdest conversations i don't know if i mentioned this last time one of the weirdest conversations i ever had when i was i was um working in tokyo with another comedian and he saw a bunch of people in masks and he his reaction was like if they're so scared to leave the house that they need to wear a mask why don't they just stay home and i was like what if they have something and they're trying not to spread it and like I had yeah, that's what it is. And, and that was the thing was I was like, I've never even had that thought. I've never even had to defend someone wearing a mask. And that was my my initial reaction. And I, I guess I, I right. always think back to that moment of like, why did he see that 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 way? And why did I see it this way? And right. and that's really how I see it sometimes where it's like some people just are incapable of looking at shit in different ways. You you, you just see it the one way and that's it. Yeah. Right. The sort, fucking yeah. weird. The whole yeah. idea that scientists are trying to get people to 
understand is that it's source control that you'd be tr- protecting other people if because you might have already caught it and might be asymptomatic the time yeah. when they change from being like masks should be worn if available to everybody needs to wear masks is when they realized asymptomatic people are spreading this disease you might have it and not realize it but that requires people to like it's just so incongruous to the version of reality that Americans are the the like I'm special a lack I'm of empathy not yeah. part of well, the system you know yeah. we're we're fed a very tailored diet of bullshit stories about the country too that makes everyone if you're not critical you'd be like yeah America's like the coolest place where uh yeah. like white people just prosper and nothing bad ever happens <laughs> right like really you know I think you're not raised learning what the foundations of this country are in terms of that it's built off of, you know, chattel slavery and uh, like using this forced labor to create the foundations economically to create this like amazing country or that it was completely stolen from indigenous people and that we've systematically made it so it's impossible for these groups to now flourish in this new version of America. So it's and then on top of it, the country doesn't know the kind of destruction or war that many other countries have had brought to their doorstep. So there's this idea that America will never know like We'll never know foreign troops on our streets. We'll never know bombed out buildings from a, like an invading army or anything like that. But it's it's woven into the histories of many other countries. Like yeah. even if you're English, you know about the Blitz and you know that people had to go underground because the bombs, the bombings were so wild that that's just what it was. That became the day to day of that country. The people in Japan know you can get an atomic bomb dropped on you right. or any like it's that sort of strife is just so abstract to Americans that the second there's something like that, it just become the it just uh, it becomes a circus. Yeah, like there's just not that ability. I don't know why to say okay, we need to hold tight. But again, I think because of the mentality of America is so individualistic that yeah, something like wearing a mask to consider the safety of another person is just like antithetical to this whole idea we have of what it means to be American. Yeah, I've been saying that like we need to publicize the fact that the flu shot is not for you. It's for like saving the lives of old people and uh, babies that you're around Uh, because like I feel like that's an underrepresented thing. Like you might have the flu and be spreading it and not really be sick. Like so the people who are like, I haven't had the flu in years like and so I don't get the flu shot are actually you know, that's a thing you're saying that's incredibly selfish. I've been saying like that needs to be the publicity campaign because that like actually makes it seem like more heroic to get a flu shot than not to. But I, I now think like that's not like that wouldn't work in America. It's about it's it's anything that is seen as weakness and not strength is immediately rejected. So having empathy is weakness. Wearing a mask is weakness you know, yeah. saying having to get a flu shot is weakness because then you can't be like, I got the most brolic immune system on fucking earth, bro. Come at me. Like, yeah. I'll eat biohazardous waste and be chill the next day. Like, it's that <laughs> idea. So, like, to somebody, because myself, I was like that, too, uh, yeah. until I got schooled and I was like, yeah, you know what? I do need to get this flu shot. And I was thinking more in this very individualistically. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm right. good. Yeah. I'm good. Rather than what's my what's my responsibility to other people in my community What's my? But that's a that's a thought most people. It'd be interesting. I'm curious how many Americans would ever say. Now, what's my responsibility to the others in my community? Yeah, like I mean, that's when a you very have a, when you have a leader that's always 
talking about himself in a way that makes him seem like, and he, I here's a fucked up thing. He achieved what he achieved being completely selfish, mm-hmm. you know, right. and, and, and throwing people under a bus Shameless, and, and yeah. yeah. And, and exploiting people and, and fucking people over. And he proved that you can achieve the greatest title in, the, in America by being a selfish piece of shit. So that's right. what sucks is like, we can sit here and talk about this shit all day, but a lot of the motherfuckers, examples are fucked. yes, the examples yeah. are there. That's what they, and they love him. That's why they love him. They're like, fuck it. I can fucking be selfish as fuck if I want to and get away with it and be president yeah. and be rich and have a hot wife. Like, and be best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and he's proving that you, you can be successful by being selfish. That's what's fucked. Like we can talk yeah. about this all day, but that's, that's the real fuckery here. And I think maybe the other side of that coin to what you're saying, Marcella, is that if he's that example and now we're seeing how poorly he's performing because science is clearly against him and is is actually the the reasonable argument in all of this, that it's doubly a threat to those people. Because like, well, what the fuck? I just thought I could do whatever the fuck I want. But and can- now there's all this mask shit. What the fuck? Ugh, yeah, fuck but, a mask. That's, like, but that's the thing that they are getting away with it because there are people that aren't seeing people around them die or anyone they love die. So like they they will they will not be hindered in their perspective unless and that's what's fucked, right? Because we see like people having white these white people in Texas having parties and then their family die like thirteen family members die and it's like oh shit maybe we were wrong like it, that's what it's taking for some people which is. Yeah. bonkers it's a terrible yeah terrible but, price to pay for that lesson right but just, it's still right. it's still not happening everywhere and that's what's crazy about the florida shit right They're, they were mimicking our president and now we're seeing the repercussions of that and so i hope i hope that they change their mind but will they he's still he's still doing not terrible in the numbers in the polls. yeah he, his approval and disapproval are uh his approval's going up and disapproval going down like very slightly and he's still not where any presidential candidate would want to be but it's still mm-hmm. shocking to me that he's anything but like <laughs> like 40 points underwater yeah. um given how how badly he's fucked up that's how but again narratives right yeah. right that's to your point in narratives that, yeah. that means 40 percent of the country is all in on this yep. narrative of white supremacy and cultural dominance yeah. and it's again it's it's the fourth quarter how all in are they miles they're so all in to the point that they will uh shoot at cops with an ak-47 and shoot at a uh, store owner who asks them to wear a mask with a handgun um that's what one man did in pennsylvania bethlehem pennsylvania uh another thing they're all in on uh some of the anti-mask people are wearing fake masks that don't prevent them from spreading germs but just will get people off their back and they're like, see, nobody like stops us from wearing it. It's all compliance. It's not about prevention. They're using the fact that they are going out of their way to do like an aggressively sociopathic thing as evidence that the mask people are wrong somehow. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, yeah, when that's I, how far when you I, go. When I shoplift, it's definitely the store's fault. That's for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, that's for right. sure. Oh, I mean, uh, their LP protocols were all fucked up, man. Uh, loss prevention for the <laughs> for the amateurs for out the there. rookies yeah back to that guy in bethlehem pa who started licking shots at a store owner because he stole he's like T- put your mask on you can't be in here he's like fuck that took two cigars and when the guy came after him he like shot a shot in the air and a couple of the guy at the employee and he ran off the cops found him the thing that's wild more than anything also is that this white man busted started clapping a, a ak-47 at the police and he just got shot in his legs and his butt and is alive mm. He were, they were like, "That's the homie." 
Yeah, right. that's but anything that's like another part. There's so many layers. I'm looking at this like there's this mask thing. There's this other part of imagine a person of color even pulling out an AK anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even that like this man deserved to be killed or whatever. But just look at I, I could not imagine the difference of discipline of where you were shooting somebody that somehow this man was not hitting any of his vital organs. But, you know. All that to say is that this pandemic is also just creating so much more chaos than we can actually see. (laughs) Like the stressors, not to like excuse what any of these people do anywhere, but I know the stress is so real for so many people and it's very, very intense and existential. And it all depends on what the prism you're looking for. You can take that to some terrible destructive place that is dangerous to the community. You can take another place to try and figure it's, it's just, it, it, like the guy that decapitated his landlord? Yeah, with a samurai sword? I mean, Jesus. I mean, a lot of these are like kind of stories that you'd feel like you'd see here and there like throughout the year, but... Right, right. coming all out that of Florida, say, but it's happening yeah, across right. the country. But I think, you know, that's the other reason why the response to this pandemic is so essential because there's another X factor of the the like how everyone is taking this and how yeah. they're yeah. processing the stress because uh, many people are looking up and saying oh i'm i'm in the hands of a government that does not care whether or not i can put food on my table or stay in my home the um yeah just one thing as a as media consumers it's worth looking at how this guy is being covered because immediately the story came out uh, his lawyer said uh but he had gone through a divorce and he had lost his job and he's immediately being humanized that's another way that it's yeah. different from how it would be if this story was person of color doing that it would none of those factors would be oh, yeah. brought and up both, by the media it might be yeah. brought up by his lawyer but that certainly wouldn't be part of the story that was being right. published on the washington post both of john was killed in his own apartment and they said oh he was smoking weed he was smoking weed yeah. yeah um the and then uh just in terms of uh people you know they're the anti-mask people are putting out uh all these macros so we're gonna put some links in the footnotes Footnote. that have a some good facts that people could use to make their own macros about why masks work that are just like very basic. Uh, uh, that come on, y'all. Let's let's make some let's make some macros. Yeah. Educate the uh, the people. All right, guys. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, what do we want to start with? We want to talk uh, Spency Confidential up top. Spency Confies. Let's do it. Yeah. It, it, was, it kicked off quarantine. I, got, <laughs> I was on tour and I got back into town. And like the first night I was like, well, we're going to have to watch a bunch of movies if we can't leave the apartment. And Spencer right. Confidential was the first thing we put on. <laughs> we're like, nice. All right, this is going to. I just, side note, I was just looking at this 95 UCLA team. J.R. Henderson. Uh, who played on that team as well, who wow. like also was drafted by the Vancouver Grizzlies in the second round. He left to Japan and became a naturalized Japanese citizen. His name is now J.R. Sakuragi. What? Whoa. Yeah. All right. That's so amazing. welcome, sir. Welcome. Right. I welcome you, my Blasian brother. Okay. I'm done with that. <laughs> uh, all right. Spencer Confidential has nothing to do with the 95 UCLA uh, championship. Or the exactly. anime Slam Dunk. <laughs> um, <laughs> where that name's from. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's directed by Peter Berg. He and Mark Wahlberg are uh, life partners. They they work exclusively together, it seems <laughs> like. He kind of, he seems like he 
has a sense of what people like about Mark Wahlberg and is just like everything is oriented around that. Um, what that is this being, about? Who is Spencer and what's confidential? Exactly? So Spencer, Spencer is uh, oh. both Uh-oh. a no-nonsense <laughs> cop, All right. an ex-con, and a boxing trainer. All the Boston, <laughs> all the different Boston like movie character tropes that you uh-huh. can have. Wait, sorry, ex cop, boxing trainer. What was the other one? Ex con. Uh, he's ex- just getting oh, out of prison. Ex con and boxing trainer. And yeah. ex cop. And uh, cop con co- and boxing renegade okay. box renegade renegade cop beat the shit out of his chief. Uh, <laughs> got put away for some time because he had it coming and he admitted oh, to that's it. That's right, bro. That's right. Uh, and uh, loves dogs. Loves dogs. Uh, <laughs> Just to soften the physical violence at yeah. portions of his personality, but loves dogs. Just pick um, random stuff you can't disagree with. To, yeah, to, to yeah make it exactly. It's like it's easy to forget all those brutal John Wick headshots if you remember it yeah. was all because of a dog. That's right. Um, but Boston cops, it turns out, are bad. They're bad guys. And also bad at being bad guys they're they're not Ooh. good at corruption uh they <laughs> they there's just like a lot of sloppy stuff going on from the bad guys they're they're just leaving like crime scenes uncleaned up with like blood splatter <laughs> yeah. everywhere yeah. and they're just like yeah we did that but we already pinned it on this other guy so we should be good um one of What's... the weirdest sex scenes uh i think so I've weird seen. wait uh, what we it's, saw we watched yeah. 365 Denis, and you're saying there's some oh, there's a well this are is weird in what sense? I'd say it's like more realistic because of like the physical awkwardness of it, but oh, uh yeah. oh, like it's when like Taron Manning and uh, Eminem fucking eight mile. Yeah, it's a little like it's that. Got like, that literally. Yeah, it's got that thing that makes you feel bad. <laughs> yeah, when I was like, yeah, I was like, like, oh, <laughs> the way she licked her hand, I was like, ah, that's a real one. <laughs> but it's not that hot. Like it's right, 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 it's, right. it's dumber. Less, yeah, it's very dumb. Uh, it makes you like it, it's like oh yeah, sex is stupid. Like we yeah. we shouldn't well, have and, sex. And it reminds you, stupid people enjoy it more. Right. It's like yeah. well, they're like better at like, it. Oh yeah, you look good too. You look good too. Yeah, Brittany uh, Murphy. Why am I saying it's him and uh, right? it's him and Eliza? It's Mark Wahlberg and Eliza Schlesinger like throwing each other around a bathroom violently, and that makes me think it was almost written by someone who. Uh, was a virgin because it's very like yeah, and then he throws her against the sink like we all. But love, he and it physically looks uncomfortable with it. I, I don't know if that's his <laughs> yeah, Catholicism coming through, but like he just like when he's about to do it, he's like, uh, uh, and I don't know. It's, it's just very weird. He's also small. He, he this ain't movie been does right not since boogie nights. Right. This movie does not hide the fact that. By the way, he think he claims he should have never made boogie nights. Uh, which his is, best movie. His best movie. Oh Although I think his best performance is uh, I Heart Huckabees. Uh, that's my favorite Mark Wahlberg comedic yeah, performance. That, Even I though was I like, don't Whoa. like that movie all that much. My he's favorite so when he's fucking like, funny in that when movie. When he's like, you're the fucking destroyer, man. It's like, Whoa. <laughs> just, it's my favorite line. Uh, Mark Maron uh, shows up as a reporter. Uh, it's, it's interesting that it has com- comedians because it's not like a... There are kind of a lot of comedians in it. Yeah. Really? Who else? Uh, Mark Maron and Eliza Schlesinger. And I, oh, that's they, enough. Yeah. I, I know that's there, there are a couple more that they're like very minor. They're like yeah. Boston comedians. Maron they're is like, like really guys. minor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He like shows up three quarters through and is just like, 
they they keep checking in with him, but he doesn't really do anything. What? Okay, now what? What fucking? Who is Post Malone? Why the fuck is he on the thing? Oh, he's Why? a, he's a totally white forgot. supremacist uh, <laughs> gang member who knows uh, different stuff, and he has probably a total of two minutes of screen time, maybe maybe care. a little bit more. This is what they do with those fucking stupid images they serve you, like trying to get you to think that like that movie is about. There are some really interesting thumbnails that pop up that are com- completely misrepresent what movies are about just to be like, I don't know, maybe you'll click on it because of this face. So he's right. only in it for two minutes. Yeah, yeah he's barely okay. in it. What's um, also crazy about this movie is it's like one of it's like it really stretching the idea of using a previous IP like use like it just if something existed before we can remake it because like Spencer is like a 60s TV show and then like a series of novels, but no one knows about it. Oh, I so had like no if idea. Yeah, so so if you're remake, so if you're making something because it's was something else before, it's like who is that for? It feels like like are there right. old people who are like I loved the Spencer show from the '60s and now right. finally they've made a Netflix movie. Good, and I was yeah, I was hoping Post Malone would be yeah. the white supremacist <laughs> jailhouse snitch. Yeah, the original Spencer Spencer fans. Yeah. Yeah. They were just waiting for the right Don guy Knotts, to play. And now it's <laughs> right. Finally, the, our generation's Don Knotts, Post Malone. Post Malone. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I guess I see why it was successful, because Mark Wahlberg, I think Mark Wahlberg is legitimately a movie star in the sense that totally. like he can... He's a big fucking shining star, bro. Yeah, he's a big fucking bright shining star. Uh, he... Just like people will watch stuff with him because he's in it, uh, right? And and I'm one of those people. Yeah, totally. yeah. No, I, I like a good Mark Wahlberg action movie. This did not disappoint me. Uh, didn't blow me away either. It was just just right. It was Goldilocks. Mark Perfectly Wahlberg down movie. the middle. Yeah, exactly. So it seems like his thing is going to be because they have a final scene where he sees a news report and it's like apparently his next case. And it seems like his thing, which seems very specific, is finding Boston cops who are framed for committing crimes and like uh, exonerating them. Because like that's that's the plot of this, and you're like, okay, that must be just like must be just this plot. But then like as they're having a beer, like cheersing the the great uh, you know corrupt scheme that they just fucked up he sees one of his friends getting hauled out of like a firehouse. I guess he's a fireman. They're like, he's being accused of, uh, you know, a crime. And the guy's like, I didn't do it. Someone help me. <laughs> and it's, and he's like, like All right, they're bro. like, Spencer, don't do it. Don't, <laughs> don't help him. do it. It's just, it's, he's the, like, I don't know. I think he got a bum rap chief. If you look at the video, <laughs> After, I mean, he curb, after he flipped that kid's wheelchair, I don't think he fully curb stomped him. <laughs> like, Spencer, what I tell you? Quit helping people. <laughs> yeah, like legit. He's like in trouble a lot for that. It's right, really funny. yeah. Jeez. He goes to jail for helping people. He goes to jail uh, by beating people up. He goes, he's always helping people. Uh, he just can't help it. Uh, and this also exists in, in like a universe where everyone's secretly really good at fighting or has ambitions to be really good at fighting. <laughs> right. There's no nonviolent character. Right. right. Like every, every person you see is just like, yeah, and that's uh, that little girl selling Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, she's uh, she's a monster in the ring. Yeah. She's, oh, yeah. she'll destroy she's, you. Yeah. She killed one. her scout leader with a capoeira <laughs> kick. You wouldn't believe. Five and no MMA. Her. The, uh, kicked her right in the nose. 
the co-star who plays a uh, hawk is he an actual MMA fighter? I didn't know. It seemed like they were teasing that. I didn't bother. I think this so. is the thing about my rewatch reviews. I don't do any research, and yeah. then our audience yells at me for not knowing stuff. I oh, got no, the sense. No, he's, I was going to no, bring he's, that up. He's when... the guy from Black Panther. He's a uh, and and us. Oh shit! He Winston just, Duke. He, yeah, he gets like he's like cut in this. Like he yeah. looks like a different Holy person. Shit! Yeah. He's he's they make him look giant in this. I don't think I knew that's who that was. <laughs> that's how him. different he looks. Yeah. Damn, you're getting big, bro. What's your secret, yeah. bro? You, you in the cryo tank for six hours, bro? Black Panther. That's how you throw a it's punch, a bro. Uh anyways, five stars. That's how you flip Good a movie. wheelchair, bro. Yeah. <laughs> when a fan's Just, like, hey, you Mark Wahlberg, bro, you grab it, you grab it by the wheel at the bottom, bro. Get more leverage. The the chair will flip, bro. I'm, I was never at one point during this movie convinced that he would have been able to do any of these things. Like I, he doesn't have such a particular set of skills that you're like, oh, I feel confident that Spencer's got this. It's just like oh. he's kind of like, aggressive violently and has a good right. heart. Like I don't. Do, would you agree, Sam? Like what? What is his? What Here's is his, his skill? That Here's he's why like good he is at? good at this. He takes a beating the entire movie. He gets the absolute shit kicked out of him in every scene. Like right. they beat him up in a bathroom. I remember that that scene is like very yeah, he gets the shit kicked br- like out of brutal. Him like he gets like and he just keeps <laughs> that is his yeah, that's his superpower yeah. this whole movie. It's about getting up. Everyone bro. whoops his ass in a very obvious way. And he'll go Right. He'll just charge into a group of six guys with batons and just be there like, are like multiple This is what times. I do. I help yeah. people. There are I multiple times that he would be dead if it weren't for the fact that they arbitrarily chose for this uh, drug ring he's bringing up to be filled with henchmen who only use machetes instead yeah. of guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's not not a great movie, uh, but also it's not a reenactment of an actual real world tragedy by the by Peter <laughs> Berg and right. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, it's a gr- it's a great zone out. Yeah, it's uh, a airplane good zone airplane out movie basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. But the fact that it's been viewed movie. by uh, more people than like ET uh, is pretty. You know, it, the, people. I was going to ask get- you guys. I was going to ask you guys something. Or like, so this goes counter to like, right? A very. Uh, you don't want to play into like too much propaganda, but there's like something really satisfying about a detective story right now because you're watching someone want to solve a problem. Right. I feel yeah. like no one, Rather than no on one patrol. who can, yeah, no one who can in real life has wanted to solve a problem like right. that, that has the ability. So, so to watch a detective be like, murder is a problem and I'm going to solve this murder is like really like soothing. But he's not a detective, bro. Right. He's, he's like he's an too idiot. Real. Like he's too real for the cops. <laughs> you're yeah. the yeah, detective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you want. The cops are too pussy, bro, <laughs> yeah. to fucking beat the fuck out of a fucking <laughs> yeah. perpetrator, bro. It's like, whoa. <laughs> I'll punch the clues. What? Yeah. <laughs> Choke that fucking clue out, bro. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, like I said, five stars out of five stars. Great All right. All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, it means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.